0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the sports, sports, sports podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmville. and joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. All righty then. Hey, hey. Ace Ventura,
1: Jim Carrey. Right. I feel like he's having a little uh, Jim Carrey assent.
0: Oh, he is. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey. If you haven't seen, I know this is a sports podcast, but he decided to dress up and go to a red carpet just to shit on the event he was going to, which oh, makes wow. him the world's biggest asshole. Wow. What event was it? It was a fashion week event. But it's like, if you think that it's all shallow and stupid, don't fucking go. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point, but uh, he is a comedian. Yeah, and he showed up just to shit on the thing he showed up to. Was he funny? Well, but still, hey, how was it was it funny? No, I think he was on Mushrooms. He's like, none of this is real. How about (laughs) when when Matt Stone and Trey Parker dropped acid and went to the Oscars with one of them wearing a dress? That was funny. See? see yeah. well, well they, but here's the thing they gave their interviews they yeah, gave their they, sound yeah. bites <laughs> and they cared about winning they wanted to win well yeah like they didn't shit on it's the fucking travesty that they what what beat them that year uh phil collins tarzan oh that, yeah that song fucking sucks i know nobody remembers <laughs> even what the song sounds like yeah chicago cubs update watch update chicago cubs update watch update I'm brought to you by Old Style Beer. Hell, I'm gonna drink. Here's a can of Old Style Beer. I'm gonna drink it with my mouth. Go,
1: go, 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 go! I'm underage. So we have a Chicago Cubs update, watch update, and on the program today we have a Dodgers uh, bleacher creature super fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. What is, is
0: Sergeant Popper? Sergeant Popper. Uh, he's uh, yeah. Apparently, he's just a huge fan of going to Dodger games.
1: And he's on to talk about, I guess um, they're thinking about maybe increasing the netting in stadiums. As a girl just got hit with a foul ball at Yeah, the yeah,
0: the safety's a big issue in baseball. So we're going to talk to him about how that might affect his uh, love for being in the bleachers.
1: Old Cubs fan wins official Cubs World Series ring in charity raffle. Ooh. Sub headline: Thankfully, this didn't happen in Boston. Bill Simmons would have turned an article into a book. <laughs> The fiercest team ever nicknamed the Cubbies are in first place in the NL Central and looking at another postseason run. Well, both Cubs fans and people who show up at Wrigley Field for games are basking in the glow of their championship, like so many strippers waking up next to the now-single Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Completely unfounded. Uh, to that end, will met resident and token old Cubs fan for a newspaper article, Janine Dietz... has stories and quotes about just how long she's been a Cubs fan and the things she's seen as a Cubs fan. Oh, i it
0: bet she could. Stories for days. Some real yarns there. Oh, yeah. Like a whole Afghan's (laughs) worth.
1: Her fandom dates back to her childhood in the late 1940s when Dietz listened to Cubs games on the radio with her grandmother in Porter, Indiana, a town that sounds like it's from the 1940s. (laughs) It does. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, she had this ritual where she would drag her dining room chair over to her couch, put that old radio on the seat, and turn on the Cubs, the 75-year-old Dietz said. She would listen for three innings, take a nap, then wake up in the seventh and listen through the ninth.
0: That's the best way to watch a baseball game. <laughs> yeah, the middle part, it slows down the second act. <laughs> baseball naps are the best naps that you can possibly take. I've tried to explain this to people when they're like, baseball's boring. I'm like, that's half the benefit of it. What? Well, well it's, I will say, this does prove that even before there were exciting
1: sports available to the masses, yeah. baseball games were considered too boring to stay awake during. Right. Yeah. So even when this was the most exciting thing that people could comprehend, a baseball game on the radio,
0: Yeah, yeah it wasn't that all exciting. Well, arguably, back then, the most exciting thing to do was take a nap. Yeah, so. <laughs> well... And so World, that would definitely win. World War II. Oh, yeah, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Some people napped for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, heard, I heard that that was in black and white. His last war in black and white.
1: Uh, Dietz also fondly recalls being a third grader playing ball at a field near her home in Char- Chesterton, Indiana, when her father drove up and handed her a birthday present, a new Andy Pafko model left-handed baseball glove. Pafko was an outfielder for the Cubs at the time.
0: Oh. Yeah, who doesn't remember Andy Path? I thought it was the Path Company. But those were just two <laughs> of
1: the memories that came flooding back for Dietz on November second, 2016, as she sat at home with her dog, JD, and watched the Cubs win Game 7 of the World Series to become champions for the first time since 1908. Yeah. It seems fitting that last week, when the Cubs announced the winner of the Cubs Charities World Series ring being raffled, it was Janine Dietz who had become the only fan with a player grade version of the Cubs World Series ring. Wow, player grade. They make a bunch of replicas. Yeah. Oh. But only the players get the most who, baller ones. Right. Who uh who gave up their ring? Oh, this was actually it was, it was donated by Justins. For awesome class rings, go to
0: Justin. Oh, yeah. It was one side a little drama mask and the other side was lacrosse sticks. <laughs> no. So did they Did they just make an extra one and then give it to the fans?
1: Yeah. Over 25,000 tickets were Whoa. sold in the Cubs Charities World Series Ring Raffle, which raised over a quarter million dollars for Cubs Charities. Dietz well, purchased a $10 raffle ticket for the ring during a July visit to the Cubs team shop at Wrigley Field. Sure. Sources say Ryan Sandberg, who spent over $40,000 on the raffle, was inconsolable.
0: Whoa. You mean Ryan Sandberg. No, it's Ryan. 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 It's spelled R-Y-N-E. Okay. And incidentally, while,
1: while doing research for that joke... I was looking up a list of the best MLB players without a World Series ring, and while there's the occasional Don Mattingly who somehow happened to play for the Yankees during the only 14-year stretch they (laughs) didn't win a World Series, the list is mostly lousy with Hall of Fame Red Sox and Cubs. Yeah, it's basically like the best 40 players never won. It's like 20 of them are Red Sox and Cubs, and the others are you know players with unfortunate things. But no,
0: well that would make sense, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, also, worth noting, Ryan Sandberg, uh, not as good a second baseman as Lou Whitaker. Fact. Thing that should be noted for the record.
1: Dietz mm-hmm. is more than just a fan. She's also a former Cubs employee, having worked as a game day usher for 10 seasons. Whoa. Okay.
0: 10 so seasons. So, the fix is in here. Yeah. We... Inside baseball. Sure. Longtime fan. Yeah. First time caller. <laughs> I'm not buying it. She's going to sell it. Distribute the money amongst the Cubs. Everybody yeah. in the organization's getting twenty bucks. It's bullshit.
1: In her first season as an usher, 2003, she was stationed a few sections from where Steve Bartman attempted to catch a foul ball during Game Six of the NLCS. She saw up close the event, saying, "Quote: I had a ringside view. I saw Moises Alou try to jump for the ball, but everyone who'd watched Alou knew he couldn't jump two inches." <laughs> There was no way he could catch that ball. (laughs) Then that poor guy, Bartman, they had to hide him under the stadium. Wow.
0: (laughs) You know who should be getting a ring right now? It's fucking Steve Bartman. Yeah. For uh, to, doing the Bartman. This day, every time I watch that, and it's like Steve Bartman and like six other fans reaching out. Oh, I'm yeah. like, look look at all of those other During people. the most human thing. And I like that
1: she calls out Moises Alou. If you looked at the guy, the guy <laughs> yeah. couldn't jump two inches. No yeah. way he's catching that. Fatty! Ball. <laughs>
0: Moises Alou was like 35 by that point. Yeah.
1: Uh, Dietz went to the Cubs offices to be sized for her ring, which will have 214 diamonds, totaling 5.5 carats. Oof. Three carats of genuine rubies and 2.5 carats of genuine sapphires. This ensures there's no chance her frail hands could ever plausibly wear the ring. Yeah, it would crack <laughs> her finger right off. It would probably just drag drag it right off. Yeah. Uh, ring was donated by Jostens. Get your class rings at Jostens. Right. Okay. And will include an image of the Billy Goat, the Cubs logo, and Dietz's last name. Like the players, hers is personalized. Wow. Uh, reported value, $70,000. Mm. But Dietz says the financial value pales in comparison to the excitement of having a rare keepsake that connects Dietz and her family to the Cubs and their historic victory. Whispered her eldest son, as soon as mom's dead, we're going to pawn it for a down payment on a winter home in Florida. Said her younger son, let's swap it out for a $70 replica while she's still alive so she can enjoy the winter house too. Also, there's no need to whisper, mom's deaf. Right. Right. Chicago
0: Cubs update, watch, update. Chicago Cubs update, watch, update. Brought to you by... Oh, stop, Bill, get yourself to be a drinker when open can. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast
1: with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Aaron Hernandez had serious CTE. Yikes. Subheadline Johnny Cochran rolls over in grave and mutters, Seems like a real missed opportunity for a defense attorney. Uh, by CTE, do you mean cutting those enemies? Sub-sub headline. If it's CTE, he's not guilty. Ooh, that's good. That is good. (laughs) Time to go back to being dead. Aw, come back to us, Johnny Cochran. (laughs) Tests conducted on the brain of Urban Meyer-trained killer Aaron Hernandez showed (laughs) severe signs of that degenerative brain disease, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. His attorney, Jose Baez, said the player's uh, daughter is suing the NFL and the New England Patriots. This despite Urban Myers now clear culpability in not only training, but giving brain damage to Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, sad.
0: Well, I mean, let's take a big step back here. Who are we to say that the cause of his brain damage was football? Maybe Aaron Hernandez had like a door frame that was especially low he's a tall guy and just day after day he woke up in the morning he went to leave and pow he'd smack his looks forehead looks like we have a death- defense attorney over here yeah. death
1: by door frame the lifetime movie yeah. following the wife of a former NFL player yeah he woke up every really morning he hit his head in the door frame Right, he he was, know, i
0: ran his, into a door frame he was <laughs> such a nice guy if not for the door frame <laughs>
1: Uh the testing showed one of the most severe cases ever diagnosed and one of the most severe cases they had seen for Hernandez's age, twenty-seven. In nice. fairness, they don't see a lot of twenty seven year old football brains, but this one was stage three or four CTE. Oof. Boy, it sure be bad if an NFL commissioner whose contract had yet to be finalized was, you know, waiting for the final <laughs> votes on stuff.
0: Gut oh i feel like if i mean i don't know if roger goodell hasn't lost his job by now i honestly don't know yeah, i mean because i honestly That's don't true. know what and it is can that he you does fire that him for people playing the game that they play i'm confused what did he do wrong uh well he definitely participated in an active cover-up of the medical information about just how bad football Co- was. they covered it up yeah yes oh okay never mind very That's actively, actively bad. Remember over when a Will Smith said, period of time tell the truth I remember when Will yeah. Smith went, Wiccawile, Wah wild, wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Desperado Rough, rough rider, rider, No You, you don't, don't Want run Nada, run. None of This, Six Gun... You uh, guys remember way too doctor, many of words from that uh, song. Dr. Great song! Dr.
1: Ann <laughs> McKee uh, concluded she, he had stage 3 or 4 of the disease, and he also had early brain atrophy and large peripherations in a central membrane, which you know is important, because yeah. it's central.
0: Yeah. I mean, also, maybe that was just University of Florida education right there. <laughs> oh! Boom! Ouch! Oh, ouch! Sick FSU
1: burn. Slow door, uh, well, You're or burning UF-burn. on yeah. behalf of right. Gotcha. F-F- yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, okay. Uh, basically, oh, the NFL PR guys and NFL tobacco scientists had whiskey for lunch.
0: Yeah, they were right. just they heard this news and it was like oh God yeah. oh no there's an <laughs> the a- NFL's tobacco scientist that's how we should refer to him
1: yeah uh, the 20 uh, 20 million dollar lawsuit which seeks a jury trial is based on the fact that Hernandez had been playing football because the NFL led to be- led him to believe it was safe
0: said his Ooh. attorney those representations turned out to be false false I mean, He's right. <laughs> well, they definitely led him to believe that it was safer than it actually was, and then they knew that it was not as safe as they But the told way them. the
1: article says it is we were like I'm not even joking. The article yeah. is like we were told the NFL was safe, and it's like, well, I don't think anyone has ever yeah. said football is safe.
0: Yeah. Who would? It's faith football's not safe. You're yeah. getting hit by people who are large. Every play. Yeah. But uh, they definitely they definitely were I mean, and and obviously the entire sporting world was not. Entirely familiar with how dangerous concussions were, but like Ah. the NFL knew how dangerous they were and didn't tell them about it, which is why I think there's a distinct possibility they're going to be, despite that massive settlement, left open for a lot of these lawsuits. Yeah, this lawsuit is outside of a
1: settlement they currently have. Yikes. Uh, NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy declined comment, saying the league had not yet seen the lawsuit and then poured himself four fingers of bourbon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hernandez attorney Jose uh, Baez says he deeply regretted not raising the issue of Hernandez having CTE during his murder trials. He said the defense team did not blame CTE for the murders because Hernandez's defense was actual innocence.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, not that's not a good defense. That's Any defense attorney least will tell do you. do the test. Do the test. No, they, Here's the thing. <laughs> I want to raise a couple of possibilities here. First of all, Entirely possible that Aaron Hernandez, because of his CTE, had completely forgotten that he had committed those murders. <laughs> he's like, I'm innocent. I have no memory of doing this. Like he became oh, the sad. Hulk
1: and blacked out. And yeah, like killed exactly. Right. And he's like, Why am I waking up with this ripped shirt? He's like, Jason Bourne. It's like, yeah. Activate yeah. murder machine. Right. Right. Urban Meyer at the controls. Uh, CTE has been linked with repeated concussions that, and involves brain damage, particularly in the frontal region that controls many functions, including judgment, Oof. emotion, Ugh. impulse control, Geish. social behavior. What are you talking about? And memory. Huh. If you're next football player, I would start doing whatever you want right now <laughs> and take advantage of people who might feel bad for you for having yeah. CTE. I would start like walking out of supermarkets, my pants full of steaks, forgetting to pay for them. You know, punching someone that I like but have always wanted to punch. Right. Oh, God, there's a lot of those, wait, Joel. Wait.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't like the sound of uh, cheating on my wife. Jerk. Doing cocaine. Yeah. Doing cocaine while place. cheating on my wife. Yeah, yeah. Doing cocaine off the steaks that you stole from the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good beef. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, but the bigger issue here, as Joel has said, might be NFL optics, which are particularly poor right now. Yeah. And they're gonna be going up against moms. The last time moms got pissed off about something, every state had to raise their drinking age to twenty-one. Oh, oh yeah. Their record Real of bummer.
0: success is unparalleled. Right. And and lower the 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 legal blood alcohol to point oh eight. Totally lame, <laughs> right? Num. Well, I think you're wrong though, Jordan. I think really what the biggest issue here is is low door frames. People measure them. Okay, let's make sure that you're not hitting your head on your door frame repeatedly. Well, clearly this guy's hit his head one too many times with this line of joking. <laughs> Joining us now on the podcast, uh, Dodgers bleacher super fan and uh, thank you for your service, uh, a veteran. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Joel. How you doing? Yeah. Hello, uh, Sergeant Popper. It's good to be here. Local VFW member. That's uh, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so you're on here to talk about the push. I was in the Korean War. Oh, known as the Forgotten War. Yeah, I don't forget it. Why? Well, imagine you wouldn't. Yeah. You know what? Wasn't great. Horrifying. Content. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cold in Korea. Yeah. Made yeah. a lot of great friends, but it was <laughs> tough. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I'm glad you know. You, were you any of them make friends? Like uh, smarmy surgeons. Uh yeah, knew some. <laughs> they were in the med tents. Always make crackin' wise. Yeah okay. Just yep.
1: Trying to play golf in areas they weren't meant for playing golf. Oh like. yeah, it was
0: ridiculous. They were always hitting on one of the ladies there. Yeah, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable about that. In retrospect, very aspect. strange. Yeah, like you know. Uh, but but you're not here to discuss this. <laughs> that was a that long time ago. Why are we talking more? about that? We're here to
1: talk about the push to maybe increase uh, stadium safety. I have to say.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, good. So you think about it maybe... You he's... can't
0: imagine the shit that I've seen in the bleachers at Dodger Stadium.
1: Well, like, what do you mean? Like... I mean,
0: the bleachers are far enough from home plate that I don't Oh, no, you don't want to know. You don't want to see what I've seen. Well,
1: now I kind of do. Like, what what sort of stuff yeah. have
0: you seen? There was one time I was there back in <laughs> 96. A foul ball was hit smack crack. It was coming right in my face. I saw them all coming right at me. There was no time to leave. No time to charge. And then my friend, Bobby Lou, stepped right in front of me and said, I'll take the hit for you. And then got hit right in the face. And I held him in my arms as he was dying, going, Bobby Lou, Bobby Lou, no, stay with me, Bobby Lou. No, he said, give this letter to my wife. <laughs> it seems to me like if he had... he died in my arms. What, wait, why didn't he yeah. just catch the ball? Yeah, why yeah, didn't if he attempt- had time to say out loud, "I'll take the hit for you"? And then step in front of the ball. It seems like he would also have time to put his hands in front of his face. And it's the fog of it. the baseball game. <laughs> there's oh, so much true. going on in every direction. I don't know that there's. It's a lot easy of- in hindsight on. to be able to say that, but imagine one person from one direction yelling "peanuts," another one oh, yelling oh. "Coca-Cola." There's a game going on the field. There's someone talking on a very old cell phone back in '96 right behind you, and you're going, "What is that newfangled invention?" <laughs> uh, All of this, and then a ball comes at then you. Then a ball yeah. comes at you. Also, I could swear that the bleachers are in fair territory. I have nightmares about that. Every okay. Night. All right. Well, nightmares about that moment every night. You probably have some. I wake up screaming. Oh! Bobby, oh, come back to me, Bobby. Well, why don't you... You probably have some some fonder memories of Dodger ah, Stadium, dude. though, right? I've got some fond memories. Oh, yeah. good. See? Yeah. yeah it's, baseball's not all... A, it was a cold day in 1999. Never cold in baseball season in it the It was light, pretty but... cold. It was chilly. You had to wear a light jacket. <laughs> no, it might I'm have gonna, been late I'm... September.
1: It could have been late September. Late, late September, September, I'd say yeah. still not
0: cold. But, yeah. But... Yeah. I was sitting in the bleachers. I think it was the seventh inning. Then all of a sudden, they decided to do... A mascot race around the bases. Oh, um, the mascots were racing around. And we were going, "Come on, pickle!" There was a giant pickle that was running around. we were saying, "Come on, pickle!" Pickle was running around. He tripped over. He tripped over his shoes. Kept bobbling his way out to the bleachers. Couldn't catch his footing. Oh no! Yep, flipped over the wall. <laughs> I was sitting there next to my nine-year-old boy, Jimmy. The pickle landed right on top of Jimmy. (laughs) Oh, oh God. I couldn't get him off. The pickle was too heavy. I heard Jimmy go, I can't breathe, Papa. (laughs) Papa, I can't breathe. The pickle smothered me. I said, get off of me, damn pickle. The pickle went, I broke my legs. Broke both my legs. (laughs) Jimmy was struggling. As I saw him take his last breath, he said, baseball's hell, Pop. Baseball's hell. Your your son. Your nine-year-old son. Died that day. Was killed by a novelty pickle mascot. During the seventh inning stretch. Because that mascot broke his, I mean, your son was crushed by. By a pickle mascot. And you couldn't move a single adult person. He, He was moving too much. He was wiggly. He was like a bar of soap. Then tried he to hold on to him. Crushed your son. Also, he I feel did. like this wouldn't be the first time I'd be hearing about it. It was awful. The they child they covered it up. Killed by the MLB covered it up. There was a well, cover up. You, you know yeah.
1: how the MLB press is with their press reports. How there's always those redacted areas, like uh, a second. blacked out. Words. There's not a day that goes by. Are you by, suggesting
0: that that uh, that the MLB has been covering up the true nature of how dangerous baseball games have been are all hell. this year? I have PTSD. Are from they going to release the diamond papers letting us know about all the dirt that's been going on? Somewhat, I've been petitioning for it. We just need to get a president with some fucking balls. To really get a president <laughs> with some nuts that's actually going to go after this shady organization. Which, by the way, I love enough to continue going to the games.
1: Well, well you are a super fan. Now, I'm you, a super fan. Yeah, we man. just asked you about a, a good it memory. It is interesting that you're still and, a super fan and, despite <laughs> your nine-year-old son
0: being killed. Also, that was in man, the context God. of a
1: good memory. We asked yeah. you for a good memory. You told us. Oh, I'll
0: tell you a good memory. This oh, didn't even shoot. happen in a, This is about how, how I fell in love with baseball in the first oh, place. Okay, all right. This should be good. Yep. Though I, I was a like kid we- growing up in San Bernardino. Oh, okay. Yep, that's right. The Dodgers were still playing in Brooklyn at the time. Oh. They were the Brooklyn Dodgers, but I was still a Dodgers fan. Yeah. We were out in the streets of San Bernardino, flipping baseball cards, reading the sets, dreaming <laughs> about our favorite players. Yep. Just me and my good friend Billy Ray Tom. Flipping baseball cards. Flipping baseball what cards. Kids used to do. Back Billy in the Ray. 40s. Ray Tom. Billy Ray Tom. We were flipping baseball cards, looking at our favorite players. Then he flipped one baseball card too fast, slit his wrist. <laughs> oh, God. Blood was going everywhere. Tried to use the baseball cards to cover up the bleeding gash that was covered in crimson red. And I went, Billy Ray Tom. No, hold on, Billy Ray Tom. We'll get you home. Did you call in a medic or an airstrike? I tried to call in a medic, but no one was around. <laughs> I was yelling, medic, medic. And then people were like, shut up, your dad's smoking. <laughs> Everyone smoked back then. This they thought we were just playing like around. The, the 30s, right? Yep, and Billy Ray Tom. So I saw him take his last breath. He said, don't become a super fan. <laughs> Advice dangerous. that you completely ignored. Dangerous. Told you not this to get a super hell. fan. That day s- comes by. Was about... he a super fan? I don't think. Did he really super fans out. exist at the time? Back then, we just called them super fanatics. We thought it was part of a brain disease. You'd have to, you'd get, you'd get thrown in asylum if you uh get caught being too much of a baseball fanatic. Hmm. Oh my gosh, it's just Boy. It's such a, it's such a, a lot and, of tragedy and yeah, trauma in your that's life. That's what made you want to be a baseball fan. I, I couldn't. It was in my veins. I couldn't. You know, I actually joined the war to try to get away from my obsessive fandom of baseball. Yeah. So you you went to Korea to get away from from baseball. And yes, my whole platoon died. (laughs) Yes, most of them died in my arms. But really, what I remember from that war is great music, (laughs) chow time, and the friends that I made in basic training. Smarmy surgeons. Yeah, yeah. smarmy surgeons and that beautiful blonde <laughs> that they are constantly sexually harassed. Boy, you have a real knack for being there when people die slowly and have time to, to issue their last words. Yeah, but in Korea, it was fine. It was, it was all part of that. You know? So real quick, do you think they should increase the netting? You know, I do think they should increase the netting. <laughs> I do. I think they, increasing the netting might stop pickles from smothering your child (laughs) or more likely a ball from hitting your friend in the face and killing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it was roundabout, but we got his opinion of the (laughs) topic du jour. Yep. We do. You got my opinion. I hope you're coming on Sergeant Popper. It's my, you guys want to go to a game with me? No. Are you sure? hundred percent. No. Yeah. Uh, next week there's a, a spiky seat mat day. For seat mats with spikes out of them. That that sounds like a terrible idea. Blame it on the Dodgers. And now it's time for another Wide World of Weird Sports. Sports, Wide World of Sports. Sports, Wait, are you sure we have a Wide World of Sports this week? It's a part two. What do we got this week? (laughs) This week's Wide World of Sports, part two of the top fifteen. Oh, that's right. fattest Fattest. NHL players of all time. Written by some jerk who's being really judgmental. Who really hates fat people. Yeah. Who's really hard on them. Hates... Not at all fat people, but like sort of more overweight than the elite athletes. I remember
1: from last last week, one of the guys he hated on just because he looks sloppy. He's like, well, he might not be fat. He's super
0: fucking sloppy as fuck. Right. But just to let the viewers know, because we got a lot of backlash, thousands of letters pouring in last week. Yeah. It's not us who is. No, we did not compile this. We didn't compile this. This is a wide world of weird sports. We're reading what I consider to be a weird article about it. We accept people of all shapes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. But on that note, number seven, Randy Carlyle. Uh, when you look at Randy Carlyle, former head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's hard to believe he was ever a player. But he was a pretty good one at that, <laughs> having won the James Norris Trophy for the 1980 to 1981 season. But even during his playing days, especially near the end, Carlisle looked like he was more suited for a role behind the bench than in front of it. I, f- I feel like this Putter guy just keeps coming down on people for putting on weight as yeah. they age. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, well, well, at that, least, most of that, I was just sort of like, because he was fat as a coach, you're going to give him credit. And then he turned 50 and he had a bad back. Right. Yeah. At least he didn't go for what I thought would be the obvious joke of he was more suited for a role behind the bench, more like eating the bench. They didn't go for that. I thought they were gonna say he's not more suited for a role on the bench, but for a roll. Ah Oh, not for a roll on the bench, but for a roll breaking the bench with his immense weight. Rolls a kind of food dinner roll. Like a dinner roll. (laughs) (laughs) Number six, Bruce Baudreau. Six more, six more, six more. Maybe he's Randy Carr likes ice cream too much. Number six, Bruce Baudreau. Boudreaux. Like Carlisle, Bruce Baudreau, current head coach of the Anaheim Ducks, is hard to imagine as a player. He got a big, round face and a short, stocky build. I can imagine him as a player. I don't know. He's got a big, round face and a short, stocky build. He kind of looks like a hockey version of Don Zimmer. That's Ah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even when he was at the prime of his career, he appeared to be carrying around some extra weight. When Baudreau. Did play several seasons in the big leagues. He's best known as a perennial AHL player. In fact, he's one of the best never-quite-made-it players of all time with 799 AHL points, good enough for the 12th best in the history of the league. Sounds like he wasn't that fat. Uh, He appeared to be carrying around some extra weight. Yeah, (laughs) but not enough extra weight to prevent him from Uh, being the number 12 AHL scorer of all time. Yeah, but his face is not only round, it's big. (sighs) He had a big round face. And a short, stocky build. Number five, Walter Turk Broda. Yeah, that's right. We're now getting into the old timers. Back in the old days, athletes weren't nearly as fit as they are today. They would smoke, drink, and eat junk food, sometimes during games. And for that reason, they often looked like the average out-of-shape person. Yep, one such example is Walter Turk Broda, goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leaps from 1936 to 1952, with nickname Turk, is short for turkey egg, which was a reference not only to his love of turkey eggs, but to his many freckles. Have you ever had a turkey egg before? I've never. I've had a quail egg. I've had Damn. a duck egg. I've had a fertilized duck egg. They call it balut. Oh. Yep. Broda was so overweight that his coach, Con Smith, threatened to bench him if he didn't lose weight. Con Smith. Yep. Broda eventually managed to slim down enough to keep his position. Boy, Phil, you really just pegged yourself as a sports outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, number four. Lorne Gump Worsley. Oh, Gump Worsley. He sounds like a fat person. (laughs) Lorne Gump Worsley. I hope that's the right up. (laughs) This person just sounds like a fat person. Right, that would be pretty great. One of the all-time great sports names, in my opinion. Gump Worsley. Lorne Gump Worsley, another goaltender, gives Turk Broda a run for his money when it comes to old-time athletes who don't look like athletes. Say what you want about Gump and his beer belly, but the man had a long and successful career spanning from 1952 to 1974. <clears throat> his time in the NHL, however, was plagued with injuries, and ha- one has to suspect that they were, in at least a part, a product of his poor physical shape. Gump. Legend has it that when a coach called him out for his beer belly, Worsley responded, I'm strictly a rye man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this very good. Didn't uh-huh. drink beer. Uh-huh. I think like the whiskey. Yeah, is what he's referring to. Oh yeah, this will be the day that he dies. Uh, number three, Dustin Penner. Dustin Penner with a scruffy, scruffy beard and a doughy body. <laughs> Dustin Penner looks more like a beer league player than a top NHL player. That's exactly what he was, at least for a short period of time, weighing in at roughly 250 pounds. Whoa! Yep, a weight. Yeah, exactly. The first such piece of information we've received. Well, in an they said roughly. Fat people. They said roughly. Penner was often teased throughout his playing career for his weight. It didn't help himself when he claimed that he had thrown out his back while leaning in to eat a stack of pancakes. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know I, what? I would, I would omit tra- Dustin Paner <laughs> throughout his back eating pancakes. That that tracks. He deserves to be in this list. I think he's arguably like the first person who does. Yeah, hey, uh, Dustin, how,
1: how'd you throw out your back there?
0: Oh, eating a stack of pancakes. <laughs> All right, number two, Andre Medvedev. Andre Medvedev was never actually oh, yeah. played in the NHL. <laughs> But he was drafted in the second round by the Calgary Flames. Isn't the Flames. name of the thing 15 fattest NHL players? Yeah, but he was drafted in the second round yeah, by the Calgary if Flames. But he didn't play in the NHL, he's not an NHL player. Dude, this is the Sportster.com. This isn't fucking Encyclopedia Britannica. Nobody go to the Sportster.com anymore. Uh, he helped Russia bring home the gold in the World Juniors in 2001. Good for him. Yeah, but he wasn't able to have any success at the pro level because of his weight problems. His weight was listed as a high as 260 pounds, and several scouting reports claimed that he didn't practice or have any work ethic. Yeah. Back when he was still a prospect, Hockey's future described him as being inconsistent as his weight. Boy, that's that's a real shot. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not number one. Number Who? one <gasps> is Dustin Bifuglian. Oh, Byfuglien. Bifuglian. At 260 pounds, Dustin Bifuglian is one of the biggest players in the NHL. Yeah. He looks more like an NFL lineman than an NHL forward, but regardless of his size, or maybe because of it, he's a pretty good player. He's an intimidating yeah. force on skates, and it takes a lot to knock him off the puck. Yeah, he's not hes not especially fat, and he, he's, nice, hard to, he's hard to, to dislodge from the front of the net, you sure. know? Uh, his best seasons have come with the Winnipeg Jets, but he also helped lead the Chicago Blackhawks to the Stanley Cup in 2010, telling 11 goals in the playoff, three of which came from the finals. Yeah, fuck that guy. 260 pounds. He's fat. No. And that brings us to another wide world of the weird, weird sports. An article. Article.
1: Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings the close of the sports, sports, sports podcast. Before we go, we're going to bring back Sergeant Popper to the studio. Sergeant Popper. Yeah, I'm here. All right, take it easy. And
0: uh, Okay. Could you
1: give them our contact information? You can
0: find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. While you're there, make sure that you don't visit the, the Hall of Fame of Baseball Death, because it's mostly pictures of me. I'm in the background. I didn't die. You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. I've seen some terrible shit on Facebook. Generally on the, 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 the Dodgers Facebook page. A lot of people have died reading that Facebook page. Or you can find us on SoundCloud by going to soundcloud.com slash sports number three podcast. That's soundcloud.com slash sports number three podcast. I think that's a really good idea. Nobody's ever died listening to the sports number three
1: podcast. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, Joel.
0: Joel. Uh, Boy, I gotta tell you, uh, I've been reading some more about Sergeant Popper's yep. history. Cool. And it's, yeah. It's really sad. He's lost so many of his friends that he decided to, to form a club just for those people. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? I'm not done yet. Lights He called off. it the Lonely Hearts Club. They got a great band, Jordan.